All right, there wasn't much to talk about in the hockey news this past week, but we put together a pretty good episode, I think. Hi, I'm Thomas Vesio. Alongside me is Andrew Flager and Joseph Caruso, as always. This is the N10 Puck Talk Podcast, episode number 23, being recorded on July 15th, 2019. Uh, how's it going, boys? I'll ask you, Flager, because uh, I saw you had a pretty interesting weekend. Yeah, I was in Pittsburgh this weekend for Slovene Fest at, um, <laughs> like, a Slovenian park. Yep. Uh, it was it was interesting. It was fun. We got to see the city of Pittsburgh. Um, it was just outside Pittsburgh, like where the festival was happening. Uh, we went on like a double decker um, tour, uh, so that was kind of neat. We didn't spend too much time in the city of Pittsburgh, more um, more so outside the city at the festival. But it was it was fun, good time. And Joe, uh, what was going on with you this weekend? I uh, didn't do too much this weekend. Just hung out with family, some friends, kind of chilled a little bit, enjoyed the weather. Beautiful weather here in Canada now. It's like 30 degrees Celsius every day and just kind of enjoyed myself. But Thomas, I know you did something this past weekend. You want to tell uh, our listeners? Oh, yeah. Jordan Bennington <laughs> got the cup. Uh, yeah, I saw my Vaughn Sportsplex. Uh, yeah, it's just right beside Toronto. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Jordan Bennington brought to the, the Stanley Cup to a bunch of kids playing for the Vaughn Kings. Uh, that's a GTHL team that plays here, AAA. So yeah, that was pretty cool. I <laughs> tweeted a video about Jordan Bennington, kind of went viral. So yeah, pretty good, pretty good Who, uh, weekend. Who'd you go with? See the couple. Uh, I went with a brother? couple buddies. Yeah, my brother and a couple buddies. So yeah, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, nice. Okay, well let's All get right. right into it. I guess. Yeah, Joe, you you start us off today. Okay, okay. So the biggest news that happened in the past week was Yoki Hairu getting traded to the Buffalo Sabres by the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for Alex Nylander. So Yuri Kara was a first-round pick, 29th overall by the Blackhawks in 2017 and split last season between Chicago and Rockford of the American Hockey League. The 20-year-old defenseman had 12 assists in 38 games for the Blackhawks, as well as 17 points, 2 goals, 15 assists, and 30 AHL games. Nylander, who was going the other way, was the number 8 pick in the 2016 NHL draft by the Sabres, and has had 4 points, 2 goals, 2 assists in 12 NHL games last season. The 21-year-old had 31 points, 12 goals, 19 assists, and 49 games for Rochester of the AHL. So what do you guys think about this trade that happened here? I was shocked that the Blackhawks made this move because there's so much talk about how they need defensemen, they need defensemen, and they go and trade Yoki, Har- hmm. Yoki Haru um, for Alex Nylander, who is kind of a washed-up 8th-round uh, pick in my opinion. He's not. He hasn't been playing like a first rounder at all in his career so far. Uh, he hasn't even had a season over 12 games played, I don't think. Uh, so I was a little bit shocked by this that the Blackhawks made this move. I think it's a good move for the Sabers. Uh, yeah, that's that's really all I have to say about that trade. Now for me, I think it's a really big gamble for the Chicago Blackhawks. I think that they're. I think Alexander Alex Nylander still can be a good player. He models his game after his brother William. So hopefully the Blackhawks get him up to par. And then going back to the Sabres, I think this is a great trade. Henry Okihiro, a right-handed defenseman. Last season they acquired Montour. Then they just got Colin Miller now. And now they're solidifying that right side with Okihiro, and he's going to be very good in the future. Joe, you have thoughts on this, or you want to move on? Um, for me, I think I think it's good for the Sabres. Like, Nylander hasn't done too much yet in his career. Um, I just think that Chicago took a gamble, kind of like how they did with Dylan Strom, hoping to see like a change of scenery for a younger player can do like so many wonders sometimes for their confidence. 
So it is like a big gamble for them. But like I consider Nylander a bit of a bust now, especially since he was a top 10 pick. So I really like this trade for the Sabres overall. That is a good point. Like it did kind of work out with Dylan Stroh. Maybe it'll work out with with Alex Nylander. We'll see how it goes though. Let's move on to St. Louis Blues news. Jordan Bennington agreed to a two-year contract um, worth $8.8 million with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, he's going to be making $4.4 million per season. And he set the rookie record for the Stanley Cup playoff wins this year, going 16-10 and 10 with a 2.46 goals against average and a .914 save percentage and one shutout in 26 games to help the Blues win the Stanley Cup for the first time in their 51-season history. Uh, obviously, he was a big part of the St. Louis Blues playoff success. I think this is a great contract. Uh, Bennington's not, I think he's perfectly valued in this uh, situation. I don't know what you guys think. I think yep. it's a steal. Yeah, oh, sorry, ahead. Thomas, you go ahead. No, you go. Okay, uh, I think it's a steal because like, now he's basically their starting goaltender for under four million. I mean, under $5 million a season. Um Obviously, he won the Cup, and he was one of the big reasons why they won that Stanley Cup. So locking him into a short-year term to see if he can kind of prove it again, if he can be consistent enough to be an everyday starter, I think this is a good deal for the Blues. Yep, exactly what Joe said. That's what I was going to say. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for Jordan Bennington and the Blues. Uh, I'll mention the next news. Uh, Kevin LeBanc absolutely stole uh, his contract from a San Jose Sharks. Uh, he signed a one-year contract with the Sharks worth $1 million per season. LeBanc had an NHL career high in goals with 17, 39 assists, and 56 points in 82 regular season games this year. And he scored nine points, four goals, five assists, and 20 Stanley Cup playoff games. Absolute steal for the Sharks, but the one year is very concerning. LeBanc can really heat it up this year and uh, d- demand a lot of money next year. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a good year deal right now, but next year it could be a problem for the Sharks. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, all I can tell you is that Kevin LeBanc won't be seeing that $1 million because the taxes in California are pretty hefty from what I've heard. So he won't even be seeing um, all of that money. Uh, so I, I was kind of shocked that he's only making $1 million per season. This is this is definitely a steal for the Sharks. I I was expecting a lot more than that. Um and you're right, Thomas, like it is a one-year contract. It could affect them uh, in the long run, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised maybe if LeBanc leaves next season if he has a good stellar year. Um, but this is definitely a steal for the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I have to agree. This was a complete steal. Like, I don't know what uh, LeBanc's agent was thinking. Uh, I think LeBanc should fire him, honestly, for just getting $1 million per season, especially like what Flager said in California with the high state taxes. So this is a steal for the Sharks, who are trying to look to uh, replace Pavelski's production. Hopefully LeBanc can grow into a more of a better player, especially with Pavelski gone. So we'll see how that goes. But it's definitely a good gamble for the Sharks. Mm-hmm. All right, so the next news that we got here is Ferland signs a four-year contract with the Canucks worth $3.5 million per year. So the 27-year-old forward had 40 points, 17 goals, 23 assists, and 71 regular season games with the Carolina Hurricanes last season and had one assist in, Stanley, in seven Stanley Cup playoff games as he was injured for most of the Stanley Cup playoff run. So that's why he only played seven games. I'm sure Swaggy Canuck was uh, pretty happy <laughs> yeah. with this. If you listened to our episode last week, um, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. We had a little interview. Well, Joe and Thomas interviewed Swaggy Canuck, Matthews. It- 
aka or sorry matthew zader aka swag you can knock on last week's episode um but i'm sure he was happy about this because i think 3.5 per year on a four-year deal is pretty good for Mm -hmm. michael freeland uh he's 27 years old so he's a little bit older uh he's kind of i guess he's in his prime nearing the end of his prime uh but i think it's definitely a good deal the canucks need some defensemen uh and this is i mean sorry i think he's gonna be playing <laughs> third line <laughs> my bad he's gonna be playing third line uh center I believe. yeah he plays all over something like that um yeah he's a good death player uh yeah that's really all i have to say it's a good signing, I think, by the Canucks. Uh, going to the Boston Bruins now, Dan Heinen signed a two-year contract with the Bruins worth $2.8 million per season. He had 34 points, 11 goals, 23 assists, and 77 regular season games last year, and 8 points, 2 goals, 6 assists, and 24 Stanley Cup playoff games for the Bruins last year. So, Ryan Diz- yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Ryan Dezingle agreed to a two-year contract with the Carolina Hurricanes worth $3.3 million. Uh, he had an NHL career high of 56 points, 26 goals, and 30 assists in 78 games last season with the Columbus Blue Jackets and Ottawa Senators. And he had one goal in nine Stanley Cup playoff games for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Zach Sanford agrees to a two-year contract with the Blues. So Sanford had 20 points, 8 goals, 12 assists, and 60 regular season games for the Blues, as well as four points, one goal, three assists, including a couple of beauty behind-the-back passes mm-hmm. in that cup final. He had three points in eight games during the playoffs to help the Blues clinch their first cup. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna read the next news, but Joe, you can read it. You're a Habs fan, so let's... Uh... You go on to the next one. All right. Uh, Lekkanen agrees to a two-year contract with the Canadians worth 2.4 per year. So the 24-year-old forward, who was a restricted free agent, avoided salary arbitration, for which was scheduled on August 3rd. And he had an NHL career-high 31 points, 11 goals, 20 assists, and 82 games with the Canadians. And Montreal also agrees to another contract with another Finnish forward. Joel Armia agrees to a two-year contract with the Canadians worth 2.6 per year. The Canadians were making moves. And they're know? good moves, too. Yep. Thomas, you take it away here. Uh, Colorado's uh, bench boss is signed to a two-year extension. That's Jared Bettnar. Um, so he remains the uh, coach of the Colorado Avalanche for the next two seasons. He went 38-30 and 14 last season and reached the Stanley Cup playoffs for the second time in his third season as the coach. The 47-year-old is 103-116-27 in three seasons with the Avalanche and his 9-9 and 18 playoff games. Uh, he was also hired on August 25th, 2016, replacing Patrick Waugh. So uh, I think this is a really good uh, sign for the Colorado Avalanche. He's really good, and uh, obviously I think they're probably going to make the playoffs next year with him. So good for Jared Bettnar and the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights backup goaltender Malcolm Subban signed a one-year contract with the Golden Knights worth 850 k Subban won 8, 10, and 2 with a 2.93 goals against average and a .902 save percentage with one shutout in 21 games. 20 of them were starts with the Golden Knights last season. And some other hockey news, retirement news actually. Mm -hmm. Matt Cullen decided to call it a career as he announces his retirement after 21 NHL seasons. So Cullen, who was the oldest player in the NHL last season, I think he was 42. Yep. Yeah, it, it was is his 19th in NHL history in games with 1,516 games, second most among United States-born players, of course, to Chris Chelios, who played 1,651 games. 
Cullen won the Stanley Cup three times with the Carolina Hurricanes in 06 and back-to-back with the Penguins in 2016 and 2017. Cullen finishes career with 266 goals, 465 assists for 731 points, as well as 132 playoff games played with 19 goals and 39 assists for 58 points. Yeah, uh, awesome career for Matt Cullen. Obviously, he wasn't the player he was when he was younger, but again, he solidified his role in the Pittsburgh Penguins for the last few seasons. So good for Matt Cullen. He got his three cups, and he's one of the, actually, like, I was looking at his hockey DB, and he's one of, like, the fewer players who's lasted this long to be drafted by the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. So that's a pretty cool stat I found about uh, Matt Cullen. That is pretty neat. I never realized how old he was. Uh, like, I mean, obviously I knew he was an older player in the league. Um, I didn't know that he was the oldest player to play last season mm-hmm. in the league. Uh, 21 seasons, so that's a that's a long career. Not many um, players that make it to the NHL can play for that long. That's That's impressive. Yeah, I guess, well, I guess that wraps up the hockey news for this episode. We're going to be going on to a new segment. So if you didn't know, if you didn't listen to the last episode, we created three ideas for upcoming episodes and we posted them on Twitter with a poll that didn't get many votes, but uh, we're still going to be doing these topics. So the topic that won this week was my topic and it's would you rather with NHL players. So this is a segment we're going to be doing for this episode only. And we're going to be compare, not comparing um, five players in different categories. We'll explain it later. But we're going to be would-you-rathering, I guess, NHL players kind of in the age range of each other. So uh, someone want to explain what we're kind of doing here as well? Yeah, so what we created was, so we're going to pick, we have four different categories based on the positions. We have obviously center, left wing, right wing, left D, right D, and goalies. So the categories, since there's so many fantastic players in the league, we came up with four different categories to kind of base it on, and we kind of base it on age. So we have like centers under 25. We picked five players that we thought could be eligible for that. Then we have 25 to 30, which is their prime years for each position. And then we have 30-plus players, so 30 years of age or older. So players at these positions who are still producing at high levels of play into their 30s. And then we have elite any age. So any player in the league at any position yep. that could could be considered extremely elite at their position or can be considered one of the best players in the game. Uh, we picked five players at each position for each category. Yep. And except for the elite category because we, we kind of narrowed it down to there was at least three elite players um for each position in in the elite category so that's the only uh category where there's less than five players picked yeah so i guess we'll start it off with the center position under 25 years old we have alexander barkov Braden point austin matthews sean monahan and jack eichel we'll start with flagger for this one who are would you rather who are you picking out of these i'm gonna go with austin matthews I mean, I'm a Leafs fan, so <laughs> there's a little bit of bias there. I won't lie, but I, I think he's just a pure goal scorer. He has the the size. He's um, a decent skater, and he'll put the puck in the net. He has an amazing shot uh, compared to some of these other pl- other players. Uh, I I think Matthews is the player to go on this list. What do you guys think? I was waiting for Joe to answer. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay, well I did that part out. Uh, so 
I think from these players, I gotta go with Barkov. He is such a great like two way center. He's like kind of like the new Bergeron in terms of like how he can play offense and defense as a center. He's a big body. He's like six three. He's got silky smooth hands. Some amazing highlight reel goals he scored last season. He's a shootout specialist too. Always scores amazing goals in the shootout. And I just love watching him play. He's a, such a complete player. He's so quiet. No one really hears about him. So that's why I love Alexander Barkov. Yeah, it's it's a great five players here we have for the age 25 and younger. But I'm going to go Austin Matthews as well. I think his shot's the best in that category uh, right next to Jack Eichel and Alexander Barkov. But again, Austin Matthews plays for my hometown team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think that, you know, one day this guy is going to get 50 goals and he's going to get 80 points, hopefully next year. But uh, I think Austin Matthews is my favorite player on this list. And that's the player I would, would you rather? Uh, I guess let's stick with the center position and let's move on to the prime uh, category, kind of, yep. 20, ages 25 to 30. Uh, Thomas, why don't you start us off? We have, for this list, we have Mark Scheifele, uh, Tyler Sagan, John Tavares, Steven Stamkos, and Ryan O'Reilly. Again, another tough tough list for the prime category, but I'm going to go with Mark Scheifele. Uh, he's a very great player. He can snipe the puck whenever he wants to. He drives the line for his Winnipeg Jets with Blake Wheeler on his uh, right wing. And I think that Mark Scheifele is one of the best centers in the National Hockey League today. And I think he's going to be one of the best uh, for the future. And by the way, um, for this for this list, we're, not based, we're just basing it off of play. We're not basing contract. I guess age is the category. That's the only thing we're basing it off of. But again, we're not basing off of contract, length of term left, or whatever, injuries and stuff. We're basing it on just the player right now in their game, as of right now in the National Hockey League. Uh, Joe, you want to go? Uh, sure. I think from this list, it's pretty tough. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Thomas with this one, with Shifley. Um, his hockey IQ is like off the charts. He's always looking to get better in his game. He's kind of kind of reminds me of Sidney Crosby in that aspect. He always wants to get better kind of see the game like no one else really with his vision and yeah like Thomas said like he can shoot the puck really well and he can distribute it whenever he wants as well he's just a complete player in my opinion uh this kind of came down to either I like Shifley but I also like really like Steven Stamkos I'm gonna go with Steven Stamkos uh because when Steven Stamkos is healthy he's in my opinion, he could even be an elite center uh, in the NHL. Um, every single season where he's played a full 82-game season, he's put over 90 points. Uh, so that that's like a really impressive stat uh, that caught my eye. Um, I, I think Stamkos just makes all the players that he plays with around him better. Mm-hmm. And he's he can do it all. He's a playmaker. He could shoot the puck really well. Yeah. Uh, and he even plays pretty pretty good defense, I think. So I, I would have to say Steven Stamkos for this list. All right, so we're going to continue on with centers now, age 30 or older. So the players that we have for this category are Evgeny Malkin, Patrice Bergeron, Claude Giroux, Anze Kopitar, and Jonathan Taze. So we'll start off with Flager for this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going with Patrice Bergeron. Because he he plays yeah I'm not gonna Slovenian, go yeah, yeah you thought I was gonna go with Kopitar <laughs> but I have to go with Bergeron because he plays a full game across the ice defensive offensive 
He can do anything you want him to. He wins faceoffs, which is an extremely underrated stat, I think, in yeah, my opinion. Underrated. Because yeah. obviously, when you're winning faceoffs, you're winning possession for your team, and that's that's um, it should be valued more than it is in today's NHL, I think. But Bergeron literally does everything, uh, and he's also, I think, like a two-time Stanley Cup winner or something like that. Yep. So that's that's pretty impressive as well. So Patrice Bergeron's definitely my guy on the over 30 center list. Uh, I'll go. Um, I'm also picking Patrice Bergeron. (laughs) Uh, He's grown on me in the last, uh, I don't know, two playoff series, the Leafs versus the Boston Bruins, where I really got a chance to watch this guy play. And man, he is, he's the best two way center in the game, I think. And maybe of all time, Patrice Bergeron does it all on the power play. He's set up right in front of the net. You pass the puck to him, it's going in the net, or he's distributing it off to Marshan or Pasternak. And I think he has a really underrated shot. He has a really good, he has really good hands and a really good shot. And again, like at the age and the injuries he's had over the over his career, he's still putting up big numbers. And he drives the line with uh, Marshan and Pasternak on his wing in Boston. So I'm gonna go with Patrice Bergeron for this one. I would pick Bergeron too, but I can't overlook Evgeny Malkin in this list. Um, the guy got absolutely snubbed from NHL 100 when they picked it a couple seasons ago, and Malkin was salty about that one. So he's a fantastic player. He's over a point per game in his career. He's won three cups, a couple of Rosses, a heart here, Ted Lindsay there. I mean, he's won it all individually and team-wise, so I can't just overlook Malkin. He is injury-prone. I understand that, but he still puts up over a point per game like Last year, I think he had over 90 points. This year was a down year for him. He had 72 points in 68 games. So he's just like a model of consistency. Always has great offensive instincts. So I'm just going to pick Malkin for this one. Not a bad pick. Um, I want to mention that there are some players that are going to be left out on some of these lists. Uh, We tried to do our best and pick five players at each position for each category that best represent that category. So um, don't be surprised if there are some of your favorite players missing on these lists. Let's move on to the elite center category. Uh, Right now on this list, I think it's pretty obvious. We have Sidney Crosby, (laughs) Connor McDavid, and Nathan McKinnon um, for our elite centers. Uh, I'm gonna. I want to start off by saying this is a no-brainer for myself. I, I think we all picked Connor McDavid. He's by far the most dominant player I think in the NHL. You watch him play. Uh, every time he has the puck on his stick, there's a scoring chance that's gonna be created. Um, he's had three seasons now where he's put over 100 points. Uh, I just think it's a no-brainer for me. He's super fast. He's a playmaker. Uh, he shoots the puck really well. Mm-hmm. His skating is just unbelievable. Pro- he's probably the best skater in the NHL, I think. Not only yeah. the fastest player, but definitely uh, just the best all-around skater, in my opinion. So I-, I have to go with Connor McDavid. He just dominates the game. Yeah, I can't argue, argue against that. I mean, the guy's absolutely dominant, and he's only 22 years old. Like, he took the league by storm. He was really hyped coming up. I mean, there's not much else to say that Flagger didn't already mention. Uh, he's just a fantastic player, and it's a treat to watch every time he's on TV. Yeah, this one's actually, like, it's not a landslide that I'm going to pick McDavid. I'm picking McDavid, 
But like Sidney Crosby and McKinnon are also a treat to watch. Crosby has the best IQ in the NHL, I think, besides Kucherov and Patrick Kane. But again, McDavid, his speed and his ability to pass the puck and shoot the puck has like he's a one man show on the Edmonton Oilers right now with Leon Draisaitl in his uh, passenger seat. But again, McDavid is elite at every category in the game: IQ, speed, shot, passing ability, you name it. And yeah, I think McDavid is the best out of those three. All right, so now that we've finished the center category, we're going to switch over to left wing for players under the age of 25. So for this list, we have Leon Dreisaitl, Jake Gensel, Matthew Kachuk, Patrick Laine, and Kyle Connor. So we'll start off with Thomas. Who do you think is the best left wing here? Uh, I'm going to go Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, he's one of my favorite players. He scored goal, 50 man. goals this year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he scored 50 goals this year with, again, in the passenger seat of Connor McDavid. He has an elite shot. Everyone knocked him down when he signed his contract, even though that has nothing to do with this. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl has been growing as a player, and I think next year he needs to handle his own line and be in the center role for the Edmonton Oilers for them to have success. But again, right now, uh, I think it's Leon Dreisaitl for me in the under-25 category. Uh, Joe, I cannot make up my mind between Matthew Kuchuk or Patrick Laine, so I want you to make your pick. And if you're picking one of those players, I'll pick the opposite and make a case for them. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is a tough one. I think just because he's a pure goal scorer, I'm going to go with Line. Um, The guy's basically the next Ovechkin, if there even was a next Ovechkin. He could score at will. He has an unreal shot. That one-timer is heavy as shit. Like, when it's coming toward the goalie, like, they can't even react. It's so fast. And he did kind of have a down year last year. He only had like 50 points, but he still managed to score 30. He hasn't scored less than 30 in any of his three seasons yet. So he's just a pure goal scorer, and his shot is just lethal. And he's only 21 years old. Okay, so I'll make a case for Matthew Kachuk then. Um, I love how Matthew Kachuk plays the game of hockey. Uh, he's he, he's kind of gritty. He reminds me a lot of Brad Marchand, the way he plays. Um, his stats weren't outstanding his first two seasons in the NHL. He's only played three seasons in the league. Um, he put up 48 points in 76 games in his first season and then 49 points in 68 games in his uh, second season. And then this season, he actually had a stellar year. He put up 77 points in 80 games played, which is pretty impressive. I think as time progresses and he gets older, he's going to continue to get better. Uh, but I just love the way that Matthew Kachuk plays hockey. He's He's gritty. Um, and he, he kind of, he's one of those, he's a good, like complimentary player in mm -hmm. my opinion. Uh, I, I think he's playing on the second line right now for the Calgary flames, but he's yep. a good piece. He's a good asset to have in your top six forwards. I think. Yeah, not a bad pick at all by you two. Uh, we're going to go to the prime players now, 25 to 30. So would you rather Mike Hoffman, Philip Forsberg, Jeff Skinner, Taylor Hall, or Jonathan Huberdeau? Uh, Joe, we'll go with you now. I think for this one, I'm going to have to go with a former MVP winner in Taylor Hall. I mean, he was a first overall pick in 2010 He was with the Edmonton Oilers. Obviously, he was traded there one for one for Adam Larson, which will go down <laughs> as one of the worst trades in NHL history. Um, Hall's such a fantastic skater. He's got a great shot, amazing speed, can really drive his own line as a winger which is really impressive. Mm -hmm. And obviously he won the MVP for the 2017-2018 season. Uh, he got injured this past year, didn't really play that many games. 
but he's still a game-breaking talent, I think, with his speed and his shot. So I'm going to pick Taylor Hall for this one. Um, I'm, do you want to go, uh, Flager? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, well, I'm also going with Taylor Hall. I think this guy, when he's on his game, it's on, he's unstoppable. His speed is almost like McDavid-like, not as fast as McDavid, but he's a very fast NHL player. And Taylor Hall was over a point per game last year. He had 37 points in 33 games because, as Joe mentioned, he was injured. But if the New Jersey Devils are going to compete for the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, he has to put up an MVP performance along with Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and uh, new teammate P.K. Subban. And I think that Taylor Hall, he's a, he has a contract uh, to sign next season. He doesn't want to negotiate during the year. And I think that's for a reason. And he's going to have a way better year this year. Maybe even better than the MVP season with surrounding with better players this year. So I'd like to see that from Taylor Hall this year. And yeah, I'm also going with Taylor Hall. I'm surprised you didn't go with Forsberg. I know you're a big Forsberg yeah. fan. I'm going to go with Mike Hoffman. Uh, he is another player, I think, that he kind of sees the game really well. Uh, he has an amazing hockey IQ from what I've seen. Uh, I haven't watched him play too much, but he's also another player um, in the league that kind of he'll put up consistent points. He's He hasn't had a season where he's had less than 45-plus points. Um, he's put up 50-plus points in his last four seasons, and he's just really consistent, which I really like especially in today's NHL. Uh, there's a few players where they're kind of uh, hit and miss, like they'll have an offseason, but he hasn't really had an offseason like that. Uh, I'm, I like Mike Hoffman on this list. Let's move on, I guess, to the 30-plus-year-old category hmm. uh, for left-wingers. Uh, there's some good players on that um, I'll name off, I guess. Uh, we have Jamie Benn, Brad Marchand, Max Pacioretty, James Van Riemsdyk, and Zach Parise on this list. Let's start with Joe. Who are you going on this one? It's kind of enticing to see former Habs captain Max Pacioretty <laughs> oh on this list, but I'm sure as hell not going to take him <laughs> when I see the rat himself, Brad Marchand. Uh, Marchand's gone better every single year the past four years. He's, I honestly would consider him elite for how many points he puts up. He put up 100 points this year. And he just seems to be getting better every year offensively. I'm I know he's he's considered a rap because of his stuff on and off the ice with players and cheap shots and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But just from watching him play, if he can completely cut that out of his game, like he's a treat to watch. Honestly, he's got good hands, a great shot, good passing ability, and he's a PK specialist. He has yeah. the most shorthanded goals in Boston Bruins history. Mm -hmm. which I don't think can be overlooked considering he's like 5'10". Yeah, uh, yeah I, I really like Marshan. I just wish he would cut out that shit from his game. But he has gone better the past few months, but we'll see. I agree with you. Brad Marchand is like fine wine uh, or all, any type of alcohol gets better with age. Um, Obviously, you're mentioning alcohol, Flager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, Brad Marchand is just dominant in all aspects of his game. I think I kind of disagree with you, Joe. I kind of like that he's a little bit ratty on the ice. He has taken um, some situations over the top, I think, and maybe uh, done some stupid, uh, like participated in some stupid actions and whatnot. But that's a part of who he is. That's a part of how he plays the game. Uh, and he uses that to his advantage to uh, beat other teams. So yeah. I, I kind of like that aspect of his game as much as I – hated as a Leafs fan it's it's who he is that's it defines Brad Marchand but he is a great player I think he's 
in my opinion, by far the best player on this list. Thomas, what do you think? Who do you got? Yeah, we probably should have put him in elite, but again, I think there's one guy in the elite category that can be better than Brad Marchand at the age Marchand is right now. Uh, Ben's one of my favorite players, but I'm going to go Brad Marchand because uh, you guys mentioned basically everything I was going to say. Elite shot, elite skating. He does it all. And again, like Flager said, when he does do that crap, it kind of like helps the Boston Bruins gain some momentum. And I think that Brad Marchand becomes a better player in the certain types of situations. Put up 100 points last year. That's nothing to knock down. And I'm taking Marchand as well. All right, now let's move on to the elite category. So the three players that we selected for elite are Artemi Panarin, who just signed a massive contract with the Rangers. Alex Ovechkin, and Johnny Goudreau. So we'll start with Flager. Who are you taking out of these three? I'm going with Alexander Ovechkin. Every year in fantasy hockey, um, I always try to take Ovechkin in the first round, no matter what pick I have. Uh, even if I have the first pick, I'll st- well, I mean, now I'd go with the last couple of years uh, before McDavid kind of established himself. I would always pick Ovechkin if I had that first overall pick because he's consistent. He'll always put up good numbers for you. Uh, and I'm I'm really happy, by the way, that he won a cup last year because I really didn't think that um, the cap- he was ever going to win a cup with the Capitals. Uh, I thought he was going to kind of become like an Allen Iverson and, <laughs> and be one of those great players that never uh, wins a championship. Uh, but I'm going with Ovechkin because he's just very consistent and his shot is lethal, I think. And I I think he, he's a very physical player as well, which also um, I, I really like in hockey players. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with Alex, Alexander Ovechkin. Um, yeah, for the elite category, I'm also going Alexander Ovechkin. I know Johnny Goudreau is one of my favorite NHL players to watch, but again, Ovechkin, he's, I really hope he sets that record for most goals in NHL history and beats Wayne Gretzky because he really deserves it. At age 34, this guy's a truck. He can hit, he can shoot, he can pass on that power play. And, like, I'm not going to give up this opportunity to take Ovechkin as uh, one of the best elite players of all time. Yeah, I'm going to do a clean sweep and pick Ovechkin, too. I'm probably one of his biggest supporters. Um, I I hated when he got constantly got ripped for the playoff failures of the Capitals in years past. He's a, such an amazing goal scorer. He's such a great player. Like Flager mentioned, that physicality. He can hit anyone. He's built like a freight train, like Thomas said. And he could score at well. Like, I don't know what else you would want in a player. <laughs> exactly. Maybe his, maybe his passing could be better. His defense has certainly gotten better Wait. since Trotz was coach, even though Trotz left, but kind of helped fix his game. And I didn't know if I could be happier for any other team when the, other than the Washington Capitals when they won the Cup in 2018. Mm-hmm. I was so much... Sorry, I was pulling so hard for Ovechkin. I want him to win so bad. And he did, and he partied like hell that summer. And I was so happy for the man. But, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Alex Ovechkin. All okay. right. Yeah, that wraps up the left wing. Yep, we're done with left wingers. Let's move on to right wing. On this list, For we're going to start with under 25, the young guns. Oh, I guess I'll list them off again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah we, have, we have Mitch Marner on this list, David Pasternak, Sebastian Ajo, Timo Meyer, and Brock Besser. Uh, let's start with Thomas for this one. Yeah, um, although I am a Leafs fan and Mitch Marner is one of my favorite players, it's a very tough decision between Pasternak and Marner for me. I would probably go with Pasternak because he's, he, 
again with like Mark. I took all the Boston Bruins. I don't know why, but yeah, um, I don't know. Again, David Pasternak's shot is probably better than Marner's, so I would probably uh, list him in that category as shooting way better. He has an elite shot again, elite passing, and elite skating. And the way this guy can play with compete is incredible to watch for the Boston Bruins in the run for the Stanley Cup this year, although they lost in the finals. And this is not to say, like, Mitch Marner's contract situation. We all know in Toronto it's freaking annoying to hear every day about what he's going to get. This has nothing to do with contract, but I think David Pasternak overall is a better player. But uh, that's not to say that Mitch Marner is is a bad player. So I'm going to go with Pasternak, but this opinion could change in a few months. Yeah, uh, for this list, I think I'm going to go with Sebastian Ajo. Uh, we talked about the other episode. Montreal failed miserably in an offers cheat to sign Sebastian Ajo and ended up helping the Hurricanes. But even other than that, with Montreal's interest in him this past summer, he's such a great player and he was picked in the second round. So over 30 teams, 31 teams passed on him. Or 30, yeah, 30 passed on him and he was a second round pick he put up 83 points this year he's only 21 or 22 um he's got a great future ahead he'll easily be a franchise player for the hurricanes for the next five years at the very least and his skating is unreal he's got good playmaking ability and he can play all three forward positions to create that versatility i'm gonna go with my boy mitch marner uh he's my favorite player in the nhl i can't not pick him on this list uh, he is more of a playmaker. I think that's probably the highlight of his game. He sees the game really well, and he'll set up his teammates. Uh, he's he's also been consistent in his NHL career in the three seasons that he's played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think it's kind of rare to find a playmaker of his caliber as a, a winger in today's NHL. Uh, playmakers typically are usually centermen. Um, but Marner also, not only is he an offensive threat, but he's also pretty good on, yeah. on defense as well. He could kill penalties and, mm-hmm. and he's good at it too. So I like Mitch Marner on this list. Moving on to the prime age of the right wing, would you rather Mark Stone, Cam Atkinson, Brandon Gallagher, Jordan Everly, or Kyle Palmieri? Joseph, we'll start with you. All right. So this is a no brainer for me. <laughs> Definitely Mark Stone. Uh, he's such an elite a two-way winger which is not as common in today's NHL like wingers becoming like more of a two-way presence but Mark Stone also has elite offensive abilities he's got a great shot he can pinpoint passes perfectly he's an okay skater but he's got high hockey IQ which really helps him put up points Um, he was obviously traded from Ottawa to Vegas signed a massive deal with Vegas so now he's going to be there for the rest of his prime and I think it's a great signing for Vegas because he is one of the best right wingers in the game. And I think he'll do very well over there. Uh, for me, out of those five, I'm also going Mark Stone. Uh, he's such a big guy and the ability to have, he's not the fastest guy as Joe mentioned, but the ability to have a great shot and great playmaking ability and keep up with his, t- his line mates is pretty spectacular to watch. Uh, I know he just arrived in Vegas, but I think he is the future captain for them. Going to the future with his eight-year deal, $9.5 million per year. Uh, he's grown on me as a player because Mark Stone on power play is very good as well. So I'm taking Mark Stone. I'm going to sweep it. I'm going to go with Mark Stone as well, <laughs> uh, simply because I agree with you guys. I think he will be um, the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights at one point. Um, and he's lethal on the power play. I think he's one of the one of the better players um, 
in the league on the power play. Mm-hmm. He's underrated, I think, on the power play for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm going to sweep it. I'm going to say Mark. I'm going to say Mark Stone as well. All right, so for the players over 30, we got Blake Wheeler, Phil Kessel, Jake Voracek, TJ Oshie, and Alex Radulov. So we'll start with Flager. Oh, I love TJ Oshie. He is America's, like, legend. He He's just a great player, I think, all around. Uh, I think he kind of – he's gotten better as well. Uh, obviously, he, he was a big part of the Washington Capitals Cup run last year. Uh, he, I was a big fan of him when he's with the St. Louis Blues as well. Mm-hmm. But TJ Oshie, I think he's just – he sees the game well. Uh, and I I can't not pick him when I see his name on this list. All right, uh, for me out of these – yeah, for me out of these five players, I'm going with uh, former Maple Leaf Phil Cassell. Uh, <laughs> Phil Cassell was my favorite player when he's here in Toronto, and I his shot is one of the best in the NHL. It's very underrated now because so many young players have such a great shot, and I think that he's still up there for one of them. And people knock him down for being fat and eating hot dogs, you know, all that sort of shit. But he's still pretty fast. Like, Phil Kessel's pretty good. And, again, like, he got traded from Pittsburgh, and he's, like, an 82-point guy. He's point per game, so don't get why he got traded. But, again, Phil Kessel's one of my favorite players, and I think he's the best in that category. So, for me, I'm going to go with Blake Wheeler. He's so underrated as the captain of the Winnipeg Jets. His playmaking is on another level. I think he almost rocked up. 80 assists this year which is insane and he's kind of like a fine line like Flager mentioned before with other players it gets better with age uh his playmaking like I said is on another level he's got an underrated shot and some pretty good hands as well when he comes in with that speed of his and he's also 6'5 so when he comes in barreling down the left or right wing from his off wing he can cut in so easily because of his size so I really admire Blake Wheeler's game, and I think he's a perfect captain for that Winnipeg Jet team. Not bad picks at all. Let's move on to the elite category for right-wingers. On this list, we got Thomas's favorite, Patrick Kane, Nikita Kucherov, and Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, Thomas, we already know who you're going to pick, I think. I think you're going to take him. Oh. Uh, let's hear what you have to say. Yeah, I'm going to take Nikita. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Patrick Kane yeah. is going to be that player I'm going to take for this category in the elite category. He's there for a reason. He has a great shot, great passing ability. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, that has to do with the fact that he won on so many cup runs with the Chicago Blackhawks. And, like, he's also, I don't know, like, if Taze wasn't there on the team, I think Kane would also be the captain for them because I think that his leadership qualities for the younger guys like Alexander Dabrinkat and Dylan Strom is really rubbing off on them because they had two great years themselves. And he's also the captain for the American hockey team in the World Championship the last two years. And, you know, you know, Patrick Kane's one of my favorite players. I don't even have his jersey, actually, so that's one jersey I need to get. But, yeah, Patrick Kane's the lead for me and the best for me out of these three players. All right, I'm going to go with... Uh... MVP winner from this past season, Nikita Kucherov. This guy's taking his game to a whole other level this season. He had the most points in a season since 95-96 by Mario Lemieux. He's had, he had the most points by any Russian player in a season. And it's just amazing to watch him. He's so shifty. He is so confident with the puck. He creates plays that you would do in shinny. And he does it in an NHL game. Honestly. Yeah, his his passing on the power play, just off-looking defenders is so entertaining to watch. And he's also got an amazing release. 
and amazing hands with some nasty shootout goals. Yeah, Joey, like you basically just took all the words out of my mouth. Uh, I'm going with Nikita Kucherov as well. Um, I, I have nothing further to say. I think you covered everything for him. Uh, the one thing I will add, though, is hopefully in the future he could show up in the playoffs a little bit. He did put up two points in um, three games that he played this season in the playoffs, but hopefully uh, he could help lead Lightning to a Stanley Cup final in the future and add on to his amazing resume as it is. So, yep. Now that has to do with the forward group. We are going to be moving on to the defense. So this category is for left-handed defenders, and we're going to start with the young category under 25. Would you rather Rasmus Dahlin, Thomas Shabbat, Zach Rowenski, Josh Morrissey, or Miro Heiskanen? Joe, we'll start with you. This one for me is a no-brainer. It's Thomas Shabbat. He had an unreal season this past year. I kind of uh, had a crush on him in the last episode <laughs> yeah. that we talked about for my favorite player on the Ottawa Senators. So, yeah, uh, his elite skating ability, offensive capabilities, and he's such a dominating, like, presence when he's coming up the ice like he's just so confident with the puck his offensive ability as a defenseman is pretty amazing to watch and when I saw him live it was a treat I'm gonna go with the first overall pick of the 2018 NHL entry draft uh, Rasmus Dahlin he is just a dominant defenseman I think Mm -hmm. Uh, he creates offensive opportunities and he's he's not bad on the defensive end of of um the defensive end of the ice uh, i believe he played in a swedish men's hockey league yep uh i, I believe that's a men's league right it's not a junior yep. league over in sweden uh so he's he's had experience playing with men um before coming into the nhl but he just kind of dominated as a defenseman this year in his first year in the league this in the NHL this year, so I, I'm going to go with Rasmus Dallin. I think he's definitely the best player on, on this list for this under-25 category for left-handed defensemen. Uh, for me, I'm also agreeing with Joseph. I'm going with Thomas Shabbat. Uh, he has the same name as me, so that's probably why. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just listen to the last episode, and you'll hear why I love Thomas Shabbat. And again, like this guy is going to be in that elite category very, very soon. So yeah, Thomas Shabbat for me. All right, let's move into the prime left-handed defenseman. So we got Oliver ekman Larson, Tori Krug, Roman Yossi, Shane Gossespierre, and Eric Gustafson. So we'll start with Thomas with this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with OEL. He's one of my favorite defensemen to watch. He's very offensive, although he's had struggled uh, times with power play points and getting points. And really, like on the Arizona Coyotes, he's out there all the time, so his plus-minus isn't that great either. But I think with the addition of Phil Kessel uh, in the forward group, I think that ekman Larson's is going to put up a lot more points on the power play. And I think he's going to be a uh, yeah. very good fit with Phil Kessel on that power play on the half board. So, yeah, he's a Swede. I love him. So, yeah, I'm going with OEL. I'm going to go with Roman Yossi. Uh, I was going to go with Oliver ekman Larson as well, Thomas. But then I was looking at his stats, and his plus minus is, like, brutal like he's yeah, been we, and we minus... know you like that yeah we know you like that. <laughs> yeah. as a defenseman especially um i think you need a, a good plus minus rating to be considered one of the better players uh one of the better defensemen in the league i'm gonna go with roman yossi uh might be shocking to you guys uh maybe not but he is definitely gonna 
take on the spotlight now that P.K. Subban's gone and out of Nashville. Uh, he's going to be playing on the first pairing there. But Roman Yossi, he's a pretty good defensive defenseman. And he also puts up a lot of points as well. Uh, he's put up over 50 points in, I think, four seasons in his career. I think he's played uh, eight seasons. So in 50% of his career, he's put up 50-plus points, which is pretty impressive as a defenseman. And, yeah, I'm going to go with Roman Yossi. He's, he's one of the better defensemen on this list, I think. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Flager. I'm going to pick Roman Yossi as well. He's the captain of the Nashville Predators. Smooth skater, can really handle the puck well. Great passer, can really put up points. Like Flager said, 50 points in half of his career, basically, in seasons played. Uh, he kind of does it all for the Predators. He can block shots, play penalty kill, power play, logs a ton of minutes. And he, like I said before, he is the captain, so he is a, a major leader on that team. And he's due up for a contract soon, so we'll see how he plays this season. But I really like Roman Yossi in his game, so I'm going to pick him for this list. Okay, so let's move on to over 30 years old for left-handed defensemen. On this list, we got Ryan Suter, um, Mark Edward Vlasic, Ryan McDonough, Keith Yandel, and Duncan Keith. Thomas, I'll send it to you. Yeah, for me, I'm going with Ryan McDonough. I think he's your typical and beautiful, perfect, everything that's defensive with his game. He got acquired by the Tampa Bay Lightning. I thought that was a really perfect fit for their team. He was the former captain of the Rangers. I had him on my fantasy team that year um, when they went to the finals, the Rangers. So he was very good for me there. And yeah, I just like to like his game. I think that every defenseman in the NHL, if they want to become a defensive defenseman, model his game after Ryan McDonough because it's it's really good to watch. I'm gonna agree with Thomas. Uh, Ryan McDonough is built like a defenseman. He's six one, or sorry, I think, yeah, he's six. He's definitely over six feet. I think he's six one, and he weighs over two hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, so he's built like a defenseman. He's solid. Uh, and you're right, Thomas. If uh, like young NHL or young defensemen uh, in junior hockey right now want to become a defensive defenseman in the NHL model. Um, I would recommend modeling their playing style like Ryan McDonough because he he's just great at um, being a defensive defenseman and dominating in the league. So I'm going to have to go with Ryan Suter for this one. Uh, I know he's kind of up there in age, but I really love watching him play. He logs a ton of minutes, which is Probably my favorite type of defenseman. Defenseman who can log a ton of minutes, be extremely effective, and play in all situations. And that's exactly what Suter does. He can put up points. He quarterbacks the power play. He's got a great first pass, and he's pretty good defensively as well. He might have lost a step or two, but I still consider him one of the better defensive defensemen out of this list and one of the better defensemen mm -hmm. over 30 as well. Yep. Couldn't agree more with any of the picks. Uh, we'll move on to the elite category. Victor Hedman's in there. So would you rather Victor Hedman, Mark Giordano, uh, Norris Trophy winner Mark Giordano, and Morgan Riley we're going to put in this list because I think that his coming out party was last year, and I think he's going to continue it. Uh, we'll start with Flager on this one. I'm going to go with Victor Hedman. Uh, he, for a tall guy, as <laughs> tall as he is, he moves the puck really well, uh, which is surprising. Most um, defensemen are they look very awkward when they control the puck but Victor Hedman isn't really one of those guys um 
but he's just he's a consistent defenseman. He hasn't played a full season, I don't think, in his NHL career, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his stats would look a lot better if he did complete a full season. Mm-hmm. He's been close a couple times, but he's one of the dominant uh, defensemen in the league today. I'm gonna go with Victor Hedman. I'm also gonna go with Victor Hedman as well. The guy is six foot six and moves extremely well skating wise. Uh, he can kind of catch up to anyone to anyone in the league and just his two-way game he could shut it down defensively and put up points offensively quarterbacking that dangerous Tampa power play and he's just a very fun player to watch especially when he starts uh moving up the ice he's got a 6-6 man just rushing up the ice like opposing defenses kind of just back off and then he kind of breaks into the zone he could pass it off he could shoot um, he kind of has it all, Victor Hedman. So that's why I'm picking him for this one. Yeah, we're going with a clean sweep here. I'm also going Victor Hedman. One of my favorite f- defensemen to watch ever. Uh, another Swede against uh, Oyel. But uh, Victor Hedman is, as you guys mentioned, you guys said it already. Like He's tall and his ability to do everything that a normal size defenseman, like six foot one, is uh, to do. He can do better. So uh, yeah, I'm also going Victor Hedman. All right. So now we're going to switch over to the right side of the ice, right-handed defenseman under the age of 25. So we have Seth Jones, Aaron Ekblad, Jacob Truba, Charlie McAvoy, and Rasmus Ristolainen. And we're going to start with Thomas with this one. Yeah, I kind of grew on Seth Jones in the last few years. So I'm going to take Seth Jones. I think you know, he's the best defenseman. That trade, Ryan Johansson, one-for-one, one, really worked out well for the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's been a part of their decor for the last few seasons and has been the best defenseman in their decor the last few seasons. Uh, I think this guy has the ability to win the Norris and be in that uh, elite category very, very soon. So that's why I'm taking Seth Jones. I'm going to go with Aaron Ekblad. Um, for as young as he is, he's 23 years old. But he plays like a veteran when he's on the ice. Uh, he makes very little mistakes. Uh, and he's he's kind of um, like the, the go-to guy on the Florida Panthers blue line. And yeah. I, I also, another reason why I'm big on him is because I remember watching him when he, he was in the OHL with the Barry Colts back in, uh, I think he played three seasons there. From like 2010, I believe it was, to like 2013 or 2014. Uh, but I'm a big Aaron Eckblad fan. Uh, like I said, he makes very little mistakes, which is rare to find in a defenseman. Uh, that's why I'm big on him. So I'm going to agree with Thomas here and go with Seth Jones as well. He's such a great skater for his height as well. I think he's over six. He's about six five. He can really put up points. He's great defensively. Can skate like the wind. Uh, he proved it in the playoffs as well. He was very good against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And yeah, I really like Seth Jones. And like Thomas said, that trade really worked out for Columbus. Moving on to the prime category, would you rather either Alexander Petrangelo, John Carlson, Tyson Berry, John Klingberg, or Dougie Hamilton? Uh, I guess we'll start with Flager. Yeah, I'm going to go with another Ontario native um, and another guy that played in the OHL for the Berry Colts as well at one point in his career, um, Alexander Petrangelo. I think Petrangelo is one of the more underrated defenseman in the NHL. Yep. I think he could even be considered maybe in the elite category, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he was a big part of the St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup run this year. And he's just, he's dominant. He has a big shot. He holds his ground on the blue line. Uh, he's not too offensively minded, which defenseman, 
Uh, but I'm a big Alexander Petrangelo fan, so I'm going to have to go with him. Joe, we'll go with you now. All right, I'm going to go with John Carlson. Um, he signed a massive extension with Washington last summer. He proved it again this year mm-hmm. with another 60-plus point season. Uh, he's a pure power play quarterback. He's very smart with the puck, makes great passes to Ovechkin, even though it's not hard to make passes to him. Yeah. But he does time it perfectly, which I don't think a lot of defensemen can do all the time. And he's also pretty good defensively as well. So I really like John Carlson in that Washington Capitals uh, lineup. Yeah, this is a very tough decision because there's actually a lot of defensemen I like and probably one of my favorites. But again, I'm going with Alexander Petrangelo like Flager did. Uh, I think, again, like Ryan McDonough, I think all defensemen should kind of model the game after Petrangelo, his leadership qualities. Yeah, he may have good offense, but he had a bad year this year and he continued it in the playoffs by having a great playoff run with the St. Louis Blues. He's a perfect captain for them, so I'm taking Alexander Petrangelo. Let's move on now. Uh, the 30-plus-year-old category for a right-handed defenseman. In this list, we got P.K. Subban, Shea Weber, Chris Letang, Dustin Bufflin, and Jeff Petrie. Joe, let's start with you. All right, so uh, this There's is kind of... There's three have defensemen there, Joe. Three. On, hey, one of them is X. <laughs> and uh, this is a tough Christ. one. I think I'm going to go with... I think I'm going to go with Letang. Um... Latang can put up a ton of points with that Pittsburgh power, Pittsburgh Penguins power play, and he's a great skater. Can play in all situations. Logs a ton of minutes. It's extremely important to that Penguins blue line, mm-hmm. especially during the first Cup run in 2016. Yeah, and I just think he's a great overall player. He's over the age of 30 as he's obviously in this list, but I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. I'm gonna go with my boy Dustin Bufflin. I grew on him when he was with the Blackhawks um, during their little cup run or um, dynasty run, I guess, back um, when Bufflin was starting his NHL career. Uh, Bufflin, I just love the way he plays the game. He's very physical, and there's not too many physical players in the NHL anymore, which I kind of miss. He's still kind of one of those players. Um, that's one thing that I kind of like about Dustin Buff. Uh, so that's who I'm going to go with for this one. Uh, Joe didn't take a former Hab player, so I will take him. Uh, P.K. Subban, I love his game. He had a terrible year last year uh, with the Nashville Predators as he was injured more than half of the year. But I think he's going to have a way better season with the New Jersey Devils, especially with the players around him. And when you have Lindsey Vaughn as a girlfriend, I think that he's gonna, she's going to help you out. So uh, <laughs> P.K. Subban. Good old P.K. Now we're going to move on to the elite defenseman. So we got Brett Burns, Chewbacca himself, <laughs> Drew Doughty, and Eric Carlson. So we'll start with Flager with this one. I'm going to go with Brent Burns because he's an, he's one of those players that kind of – he you could trust him. If I were a coach, you could put him out on the ice in any situation, and I, I, I would put a lot of faith in him. He could kill penalties. He could play on the power play. He can move the puck well. Um, he'll put a, po- a lot of points for you. Uh, I'm going to go with Brent Burns. Uh, I'll go now, and I'm going to go with Eric Carlson, another Swedish defenseman. I just love the Swedish you defense. love those Swedes. Well, they're amazing, and he's one of the best. And on his game, when he's not injured, he's the best defenseman in the NHL, no questions about it. He's elite ability to skate, elite shot. Doesn't have many goals in his career, but again, I think Eric Carlson's uh, one of the best defensemen when healthy. 
I'm going to go with Drew Doughty for this one. I know he did not have a good season last year with the LA Kings. Well, he had a decent season, but the Kings were terrible last year. But I can't ignore Doughty's past success with team and individual success. He's one of the best defensemen of his generation, I think. Mm -hmm. He's not even 30 yet. He's mm -hmm. already accomplished so much. He logs a ton of minutes, plays in all situations, plays with that edge. He can be physical. He can be a little bit chippy. So I love Drew Doughty as a player, and he's uh, just a great player to watch overall. Let's move on to uh, goalies now. That's it for defensemen. Yep. Uh, we're going to start with the young uh, goalies in the league. On this list, we got Carter Hart, Jacob Markstrom, Matt Murray, David Riddich, and Gibson. I'll start us off. I'm going to go. It was either between Matt Murray or John Gibson, but I'm going to go John Gibson. I think this guy has been the better goalie between either Matt Murray or him. Uh, he's He probably put the Anaheim Ducks on their shoulders for the few, first few months last season. And obviously they didn't make the playoffs, but again, this guy deserves to be in the playoffs. He's he's really elite at what he does. His ability to move side to side in the crease is a great. I think he's gonna be one of the best goalies, and I think he will be in the elite category very very soon. So yeah, I'm gonna go with John Gibson. I'm also gonna go with John Gibson here. He's already played a ton of games for the Anaheim Ducks, and he's so young still. He's got a lot of long career ahead of him if he could stay healthy. He's really good at what he does. Like Thomas said, his movement and his quickness, his up in his lateral ability going up and down he's so quick he makes some great saves some desperation saves and i think he's going to be a great goalie for the future and like thomas said probably in the elite category very soon i think i'm going to go with carter hart um, i know we haven't seen him play a whole lot uh in the nhl but as a, a kid growing up he was a he, he was a dominant goaltender um, this season he had a .917 save percentage, which wasn't, that's not too bad considering the team that he had in front of him, the Philadelphia Flyers, who were absolute trash this season. Um, I'm going to go, I think with Carter Hart on this young list. Let's move on to, uh, the, the prime goaltenders. Uh, we have Jordan Binnington, Connor Hellbuck, Braden Holtby, Frederick Anderson, and Martin Jones on this list. All right, I'm going to go first. I'll take uh, Braden Holtby. He just won a cup uh, in 2018. He's won a Vesna before. He's one of the most dominant goalies in the NHL today. He's always very calm, cool, and collected in the net. He makes some great saves, as I said before. He's very quick, and he can play the puck extremely well, which is an underrated uh, trait of goaltenders. Uh, for this category, I'm going to go with Leafs goaltender Frederick Anderson. Without him in the crease this year, I don't think the Leafs are, are where they are. Uh, he's probably, I don't know if he is the number one goalie in the National Hockey League yet, but if this guy, I don't know, like if he wasn't in the crease, the Leafs aren't in the top of the league for sure because this guy bails them out every single night. They have a better defensive core now, hopefully, so maybe they can help out Frederick Anderson with blocking shots and that stuff. But again, Frederick Anderson is probably one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League. I don't think he's in the league category just yet. But, yeah, I'm going with Frederick Anderson for this one. This is a tough one for me. I think I'm going to go with Braden Holpe as well. Uh, he's just – you said – you kind of mentioned everything, Joe, that I was going to say. He plays the puck really well. Um, he controls his rebounds really well as well. And he won a cup with the uh, Washington Capitals. So he was a big part of that cup run uh, last season. I'm going to go with Braden Holpe. 
All right, now we're going to move to the goaltenders over 30. So we got Pekka Rene, Ben Bishop, Jonathan Quick, Marc-Andre Fleury, and Tuka Rask. We'll start with uh, Flager with this one. All right, I'm going to go with Pekka Rene. Um, some of this decision has to do with Matt Stajan because uh, <laughs> Matt Stajan is a family friend of mine, and I remember asking him who he thought the toughest goaltender to score on in the league was back in – it was probably 2014, 2015 when I asked him. He said Pecorine. Pecorine has been one of the more dominant goaltenders in the NHL since then, especially. Uh, his stats are pretty good. Uh, he is another goaltender who controls his rebounds really well, I think. Uh, he's he's ideally built. He's 6'5", and he weighs 217 yeah. pounds. As a goaltender, you kind of want a big goal, a big body in net. Uh, I'm going with Pecorine. Thomas? Yeah, I'm going to go with Marc-Andre Fleury. He's been my guy for many years uh, since the 2009 Stanley Cup Championship. He won. He's a big part of the Pittsburgh organization then. He's a huge part in the Vegas organization now. Uh, at a, like He's 33 years old. He's getting up there in age, but his play is just staying the same. He's very, like he, I don't know, like his, it's like kind of like a Dominic Hasek type of play he has. But I think Marc-Andre Fleury is one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League as well. So I'm going to take Fleury. I'm also going to take Marc-Andre Fleury as well. He kind of had a career renaissance. As soon as he got picked up from Vegas in the expansion draft, he like kind of threw it back to like 2009, 2010, kind of like went back in time and played unreal for Vegas in their cup run last season. And he was very good this year as well. Uh, obviously, he didn't get to the cup finals like he did his first year with Vegas. But like mm-hmm. Thomas mentioned, he's his age and he still has amazing athletic ability and he doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. So I'm going to pick Marc-Andre Fleury. And with the last category, and would you rather, is the elites of the NHL, the goaltenders that are elite, we, that we think are elite. We're going to start with Vasilevsky, Carey Price, and Sergei Bobrovsky. We'll go with Joseph for this one. Maybe I know who he's going to pick. But... Yeah, yeah, I won't pick anyone else other than Carey Price. Probably my favorite player of all time. Um, he's honestly spectacular when he's on his game. Uh, he was amazing this season, even though they didn't make the playoffs. He kind of reasserted himself as one of the best goalies in the world. I'll never pick anyone else other than Carey Price unless he start unless he decides to retire. Um, I always love Price, even though he lets in some weak goals. I get <laughs> a little bit pissed, but it's because I love him so much. I know what he's capable of, and yeah, I'm gonna pick Carey Price. I'm going to go with Andre Vasilevsky. Um, I know he's been playing on a dominant Tampa Bay Lightning team for the last couple of seasons now, but, man, he is another goalie. Like Pecorine, as I was saying before, he's a, he's a goalie who is built to play goalie. He's mm-hmm. 6'4", weighs 215. Um, his wingspan is huge. His legs, when he goes down in the splits, he can cover post to post. Um, but his stats has, have also been amazing the last few seasons, and he's been dominant, and his awards definitely show that, that he's won the last um, few seasons now. So I'm going to go with Andre Vasilevsky. I'm also going with Vesna Vash, Andre Vasilevsky. 39 wins this season, the most in the NHL, and he missed a month of hockey with a broken foot. Mentioned this like a couple episodes ago. I don't know how you can just still play hockey with a broken foot, maybe the ability to push off the post in his crease, but he did it. He got 39 wins this year for the Tampa Bay Lightning, although the Tampa Bay Lightning are like the Golden State Warriors. Not anymore, but because uh, Golden State might not win the West anymore in the NBA. 
But I think Andre Vasilevsky is a huge part, and I think he's one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League, if not the best, when he's on his game. That covers it. I think we did yeah. every position, every yeah. category. Um, let's wrap things up quickly. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been a long episode. Another check long out. One. It has been a lot of a lot of talking uh, on this episode. Um, do you guys have any last words? Uh, yeah, just we have a ton of content on the breakdown that's coming out. Recently and today and tomorrow, we have lots of content throughout the summer to keep you guys entertained, even though it's a bit of a lull in terms of major sports. So check us out on thebreakdown.com. I want to mention that we added, within the last like week or two oh, now, yeah. we added two really valuable um, team members yep. to the breakdown team. Uh, they go by at the rec DGen on Twitter and at UCapper. Uh, these guys are gambling degenerates. No, I shouldn't say degenerates <laughs> because they're smart gamblers. They are making lots, not lots of money. I don't know how much they're putting on games, but they are being, uh, they've been very successful since they joined our team. Uh, so I highly re- recommend following us on Twitter at The Breakdown, uh, and you'll see us sharing a bunch of their picks and articles on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So check check them out and check out at The Breakdown on um, face uh, on um sorry twitter as well yeah that's your last words mine will be uh the next topic for the episode we had the poll obviously didn't give any votes but uh the next topic will either be favorite teams of all time or best free agent signings from the year 2010 to present so we will keep you updated on the nhl news for next episode, this has been episode number 23 of the N10 Puck Talk podcast. I'm Thomas Vesio. Alongside me is Joseph Caruso and Andrew Flager, and we will chat with you next time.